Breaking the cycle to step forward. Authentic conversations from lived experience and a professional perspective in overcoming abuse with Chris Tuck and Beverly Ann. Hi everyone, it is the Breaking the Cycle to Step Forward podcast, live from the car. Help, <laughs> Help I was going to say, that came out wrong. So I'm Chris Tuck with the lovely Beverly Ann, lovely to see you. Episode 25. 25. So, what are we speaking about? Well, today we're talking about unexpressed emotions. And especially in recovery, this is something that comes up in different conversations. And the reason why we're in the car today is we actually got to see each other in person and not just over Zoom, which is great. So this is our studio. Welcome to the studio and help. (laughs) (laughs) So Chris, do you want to share about how this topic came up? Yeah, so deep, suppressed, unexpressed emotions. Beverly and I have both spoken this week to a lady called Wendy Keir on her Stand Up to Abuse um, week of awareness raising that she did. And I was meant to talk about the founding of SOB and why the charity came about. But the topic of conversation went off track and um, I ended up talking about this deep-seated rage that I felt and I in counselling therapy EMDR therapy and I felt really ashamed of even having thoughts and even felt that I couldn't share it with the counsellor but then when I said to the counsellor my body was expressing how I was feeling like I was shaking tears were coming out of my eyes and she kept saying to me just tell me what you are thinking I said yeah but if I do you're going to think differently of me and you might even go to the police and she went no this is a safe place you can say exactly what you want and I am sure whatever you share with me it it's not going anywhere because of the client confidentiality so when she said that to me and she reassured me and I basically just said I want to kill him off in my head so that I'm not giving over any more energy to him because I know he's alive I know that we didn't get justice and every thinking moment where I'm thinking about he's got away with it and looking at the damage that he's left behind in um, especially my sister um, that evoked so much I'm laughing because it's really not a laughing matter it evoked so much rage in me and anger that it was taking over my life and I needed to get rid of it. And I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to express it. I, and, and I felt ashamed of thinking about, about it, um, about what I wanted to do. Um, and obviously I'm not a violent person and I don't condone violence because of what we've been through. But here I was thinking violent thoughts. So I said to her, what do I do? How do I deal with this? And that's when she talked me through exactly what I would do in the end. What about you? Well, I can say that I actually listened to Chris's live talk yesterday and I was very moved by it. And the honesty really moved me as well, because let's be honest, and it's something that um, we've all tried to do. 
sometimes it can feel really messy in recovery and those emotions are uncomfortable they're messy they're they're horrible but I'm very much believer when we're going through something that is awful that is messy it there are no words at times and what we do to survive we put it back in a box and we contain it and we put it away neatly that's it and then later on as you said so succinctly is you know you start your therapy but there are some bits you think oh I don't need to go there I don't need to go there actually when we're ready and when we have the tools and when we know we're in the right place because you've got to be in the right place and it's got to be at the right time when you're ready and sometimes you're not even consciously ready but subconsciously you are I didn't even know that rage existed. Exactly. So it was there subconsciously. It wasn't conscious. And then it came out at that time. But do you know what? It may be messy. It may be uncomfortable. Mm. But Chris, and I've not asked you this, and I'm going to ask you, and you don't have to answer. It's a choice. How do you feel today by now you've been able to give a voice to it? Yesterday when I thought about voicing it, I didn't know whether I should. And when I voiced it, it came across in my head as if people would judge me on being a violent person. So you kept hearing me caveating. Absolutely. I'm not violent. I'm not violent. I'm not violent. And I'm not. But when I heard it back, because I thought I've got to listen to this because I want to know how it comes across. It didn't come across the same as when I spoke about it, because when I spoke about it, it was raw. But when I listened back to it, I thought, Oh, actually, no, that does, it does make sense. It Absolutely. is okay. And yeah. I know you're, and I know it's not just myself, other people, you know, we know you're not a violent person, mm. but my thoughts were, well done. Well done to that 16 self you yeah. who used the violence to stop someone. You were surviving. You did it in the right time. To me, being violent is when you're violent unnecessary. But when you're violent in self-defense or to keep yourself safe, that's a different violence. I understand what you're saying. And I, I didn't um, bat an eyelid for me doing that because he sexually assaulted yeah. me. So he deserved it then. Yeah. But what I was thinking in hindsight mm. is if, if I'd got away with murdering him back then, I would have got away with it. Yeah. Because it would have been self-defense. Yeah. yeah. And then what I shared yesterday was if I had done that but I wasn't succinct with my words if I had have done that I probably would have got away with it because it was self genuine self-defense mm. but also I would have prevented my sister from being raped and sexually assaulted time and time again and that's what breaks my heart but it didn't happen but because I'd given so much energy over to him even to this day mm. up until my therapy mm. um when I was able in therapy through my imagination and through my role play in therapy, I did murder him and I burnt him. So he could never come back from the grave and take my energy yes. away. So I don't have to feel the feelings that I was feeling every time his name come up, which it, 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 it yeah. was, it was, it was, it was, it was really sapping me and I had nowhere to place it. And Yes, I'm not going to go out. And he's still alive, guys, right? And he's probably living a, a nice little happy life. But he's not in my head anymore. And that... Because to me, in therapy, mm. he's gone. Yeah. Does that make sense? That's absolutely makes sense. So for me, I hear you. And it's very much, you know, it is passionate. 
Yeah. And and what I hear, you know, you said about the word rage. Yeah. For me, rage, anger, there's another side to that, and that's passion. And we're not going to lessen this, you know, we are not going to diminish actually what happened to you. And actually, do you know what? There's many a person that's not violent who would have the same thinking as you. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You know, it's yeah. like me. If I, you know, I'm against, and it is a personal belief, and I know some people aren't, I'm against the death penalty. Right. I don't believe um, that if you're you're not involved in it, how can how can it be right to make a decision to remove someone's life? However, if someone was coming at me, or I found out that my you know someone ab- abused my children like my dad, I would take a knife, put it in their heart, twist it, and look them in the eye. Mm. Mm. So I'm not advocating violence, but what I'm saying, there's a time sometimes that and a place where it's self-defense, where it's self-defense and where you have to be able to voice what you want to do. Yeah. And I I think one of the things that I brought up yesterday, but didn't really explore was the fact that how many young people are going through abuse behind closed doors and then they're going out and they're either, as I said, imploding or exploding. So they're exploding at other people. So they're deflecting what they're feeling onto other people. So they might be the bully, might be, or they might be just out there um, protecting themselves before someone else comes after them, yeah? And some of them will end up with criminal convictions and inside. And I'm not, again, condoning what they've done let's do look at the background and let's do have a little bit of understanding no we don't condone that kind of violence and again if I had have done something that was against the law I would have had to have paid the consequences Mm. yeah um but I didn't and um the fact that I did want to do something to this perpetrator because of the harm that they had caused me and my family um and I could do that in therapy and I could do that using my imagination and I could get the physical and mental and emotional release in my body, then surely everyone's got to explore that option to allow, to enable them to move on. But that's the bit that gets messy. It, it gets does. frightening. Yeah. And let's be honest, and our bodies often don't allow us to. So first of all, thank you to your body because your body was able to enable you without shutting you down to find those words so that shows how far you've come in your recovery and and the courage it took I know but that's been eight months of the MDR right doesn't matter and that first time of the MDR when my body literally took over I wasn't thinking emotionally cognitively Mm -hmm. I was lying back I was lying back on the sofa and um I wasn't thinking anything Mm -hmm. But I sat bolt upright, screamed, screamed out, clutched my throat, and then I gagged so violently that it frightened the hell out of me because where did that come from? It was almost like an out-of-body experience. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's going to be for everybody that and does the MDR. That it, it's not. But that was me mm-hmm. in my first um, EMDR session. And it scared me silly and I was frightened to go there for a few weeks absolutely and that's the same you know I don't mind sharing I used to have night terrors loads of times and that's something I had as a child as Mm -hmm. well um when they told me I was going back to my live with my 
my parents, my mum and dad, and my dad was my abuser. Um, we don't have control over that. As we've said before, we don't have control over it. But what it's doing is our body is saying it wants to say something, but it, it doesn't know how to, to at the moment. Yeah. So anyone listening who's about to start therapy, please do not do not think that you're necessarily going to go through this. No. It, it goes through layers. We go yeah. through layers. Okay. But what we're talking about, this is the thing that people don't talk about. They yeah. don't share. Yeah. Or they do, they say therapy didn't work for me. And you know what? After listening to some people's experiences of therapy, it almost sounds like to me that they've got to a place where it became so uncomfortable that after therapy, they were processing stuff, but they almost took five or 10 steps backwards because the body and the mind is processing, but they didn't give themselves enough time to work through all of that processing and carry on with the therapy because it's hard flipping work. It is. And I, I am one of those people. Okay. <laughs> I'm one of those people because I remember when I very first started, I actually said, I just want to speak to someone for six weeks. I'm not off my head. I'm not one of these nutters that needs to speak to someone for two, what, what do you mean one of these nutters? Two, two years or more. <laughs> and here I am. And do you know what is really lovely? You know, I'm proud now. I'm proud that, you know, I did stop at times, but I'm proud now that I'm always checking in. It's important. And even now, life goes on. There are even more deeper parts. You know, I'm a mum. There's relationship with my um my own children you know when they start off as toddlers when they're teenagers when they're grown-ups everything changes and we have to adapt and change and look at our own triggers and yeah I get support as well so for anyone who's out there saying it didn't work and that I understand that and it probably didn't at the time because you wasn't ready for it yeah or you wasn't or ready the, for the consequences or the person wasn't the right one yeah or the person you're working with yeah absolutely because that can happen too yeah you know yeah so we're sharing this and it is it's messy it's not easy to listen to it's not easy to do not easy to work through to process yeah. but if you truly want peace it's the only way it's coming through so I like to give an analogy here it's a bit like standing looking out and seeing the storm coming now, you can't avoid a storm. You think you can. You can hide away from it, though, can't you? For a while. And that's what some people do. Yeah, and we, we all do that. That's a coping mechanism. Yeah. But you know what? When we go into the middle of that storm, it's raining, it's thunder, it's lightning. And when we're in the middle of it and we're feeling it, what happens is the thunder stops, the lightning stops. And it may rain for longer, but you're able to turn around and walk towards the sunshine and see yeah. the rainbow. And that is an amazing place yeah, to, be. to be. And that's what I'm trying to work towards. Because I knew that the work that I'm doing at the moment, obviously, that's coming to an end. So there's an ending. And then there's also, uh, there's new beginnings. But I don't know what those new beginnings look no. like. I don't know what I'm going to be doing in the future for, you know, work and for my own well-being. So it's all a bit up and down. And... I just felt that if I didn't deal with all of this stuff from the past that really is holding me mm. back, the deep stuff, which we've shared, um, I'm never, will deal with it because the place and the time is now. Because yes. I want to move forward next year with none of that stuff holding me back. 
when I say none of that stuff, I mean my energy, someone else taking up space in my head and yes. me giving energy to that. Yeah. And I was doing it. And, and the thing is, we do do that because as human beings, we will stay with what we know. And if we know survival, that's what we do. We stay in that survival mode. We know it. But making that jump across into the other way and letting go of that. And we had a conversation about this in a different mm. way and using, but being able to let go of that is like, whoa, if I let go, well, what happens then? Yeah, who am I? What yeah. am I doing? What is my identity? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, but I look at it like now, and this is where I do like the positive aspects. It's like, wow, just think of it like a book. You've got through those chapters, mm -hmm. okay? Now it's a new book. What's going to come up? What, what space you've created? And also in our minds, that's not saying that you'll never have a foggy brain again. It's not saying that you'll never react again or have a trigger. But mm -hmm. the thing is now you're starting your day on a different in a different place. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that I mean, I wasn't showing everybody that rage, obviously. No. But um it was showing it started to show up in other areas of my life and I didn't I didn't like it. I didn't like what effect it was having on me. So the fact that I could extinguish mm. that person out of my life um not have to worry about my thoughts anymore mm. about that because in me it's dead um there's you know my energy's mine now and Absolutely. my and the peace is mine and now that i've learned that technique for that person i can now use that technique for me because it works for me for other things Absolutely. And when things get tough and a bit scary, I know that t sometimes I've thought, hmm, but how scary was it for you when you were 13? Oh, my God. Yeah. And then when I put it back like that, then I think, this is a walk in the yeah, park. It's a walk in the park. Yeah. <laughs> so even doing our podcast, at one time, doing this, we I, we wouldn't have done it because it's no, not perfect. No. <laughs> we're in a car. We're walking park. However, however, we're showing up as who we are your authentic self because that's we both believe that by having these conversations we enable awareness for other people yeah we enable learning mm -hmm. and if it's not you that necessarily is thinking about therapy you might be able to share this with somebody else who wants to and not only that flipping it if you've got someone in your life that is having outbursts of rage mm -hmm. outbursts of anger or are just not themselves or they've changed and you're not quite sure why but maybe you know that there is trauma in their background they might be going through an episode of what I was going through with something that truly deep needs dealing with and maybe understanding it from that perspective you can be their support and so I've always grown up with my anger not being able to verbalize it so I would do the other way I'd shut myself away yeah and I'd have to try and deal with it. Even, and you mentioned this, is that I remember once going into a field and I am smiling. I, I was in a place that I just had this anger and rage. I didn't know where to put, to it. put it. I could feel it all in my body and it was yeah. physical. And I went walking with the dog and I got to this place and I looked out across and I just screamed Sweet. at the top of my voice. And it's even, I couldn't even call it a scream. It, it, it was just, just primal. It was. Yeah. And then the funny part is, and it is funny now, but it wasn't at the time. She Literally. The dog. 
literally <laughs> as I finished, someone walked out oh, no. and said, are you all right, my love? And I just no. sobbed. Yeah. I just sobbed and I yeah. said, I am. I just needed to let that out. Yeah. And, I, and I was crying. Yeah. And at the time I was like, oh my God, this is embarrassing. The now, world yeah, well. now, do you know what? Whoever that was, thank you. You know, <laughs> and the poor dog. <laughs> the poor dog. <laughs> But you know what? for life with Beverly screaming. Well, I say that he's a rescue. She's a rescue, I should say. So, oh, she, is it Charlotte? Charlotte. Oh. So she will have known yeah. what that was, and that's probably where we have the connection. Yeah, yeah. So if we've really opened your thoughts, you know, recovery does become messy, and it is. But do you know what? Let's not Once, put you off because no. you'll find that inner peace. You when really you walk will. through it, um, or yeah. a bit like a wardrobe. When you have that really messy wardrobe and you take it all out, right? then you're able to put things back in okay. in a place where you know where they are and discard the things that you don't want anymore. Mm -hmm. like that analogy. There you go. Yeah. And also um, there was someone that put, I, I won't name the person just in case they don't want to be named, um, but they put a, um, a comment under the post yesterday and they basically said, yeah, I have those rages and I don't know where to put put it um and you don't those real deep feelings and emotions you don't know where to put it and especially if you've been taught through the abuse you've been through that if you speak up you're going to get more violence if you don't make a noise and they want you to show or express a noise there'd be more violence if you don't speak up when they speak to you there'd be more violence you just don't know where to, you don't know where your your head from your bum is and your bum from your head is there is another saying but obviously i'm not going to swear on this podcast um so it's just like you know where do people normal people that haven't gone through this kind of stuff where do they expect you to put this stuff it's going to come out it's going to leak and yep. we see that in schools actually yep, we do, when time. we see you know i'm i'm a member of quite a few different groups and i see your name pick up sometimes as well we don't realize how many different groups we're in um and i'm not going to name it but it's a, a a private group and it's for teachers and it's a good place for them but you know i see that often when they say i've got this person in my class mm -hmm. and they're disrupting the class and they're not you know not doing the work that's expected of them and it's really also lovely to see some of the responses coming back you yeah. know and and one one um, young person was laying on the floor the whole time in this this teacher's class right and the teacher said i don't know whether to reprimand them mm -hmm. or just let them stay there yeah and then somebody else said well why don't you find a pillow and a blanket for them because you don't know what's going on behind no but no. because they're not doing the conventional things that we expect people to yeah. do, we we question it or we say they're, they're bad naughty, or they're naughty bad, and yeah. all that language that and that adds it, it, to how that person feels. Yeah. And also one of my bugbears about um, schools was the teachers that shout. Oh. Shouting for me is a massive trigger. Yeah. And for so me. I used to disassociate in class. That's what I know it is mm. now. And obviously that to some a teacher would be she's daydreaming she's looking out the window yeah. so I often used to get shouted at but that teacher shouting at me was nothing compared to what was going on at mm. home so it was almost like they would like it would knock me out of my disassociation and I would go oh sorry sorry what, what's going on 
oh, I'm not telling you, you're going to have to catch up. And I never did catch up. Yeah. So I obviously was penalised without anyone realising what was going on yeah. for me. Um, and obviously didn't do that well at school, but that's beside the point. The, the thing I'm trying to make is when I went to my um, child's school to pick them up one day, um, they knew I was coming because it was all cleared. I was taking her out for a dentist appointment and I was outside the classroom and I was trying to get the teacher's attention because if we didn't leave soon, we would have been late. We would have missed the, the appointment. So eventually I knocked on the door and my daughters looked up and the teacher went, look at me, shouted at my daughter, look at me, you will go when I say you will go, right? Really shouting. So I've knocked on the door and I've said, excuse me, don't speak to my daughter like that. And Charlie, out the classroom now, we've got an appointment to keep. And I looked at the teacher and I thought, how dare you, one, humiliate my daughter and two, shout at her. Because mm. if you're shouting at her like that, how many others are you shouting at and how many are you triggering? There are ways of teaching children and shouting as a norm is not one of them. And that one of the triggers I have is shouting. Yeah. Even when, um, even if somebody is really angry and they're shouting and they're frustrated, if I feel it's coming towards me, yeah. even yeah. within a group or mm. like indirectly, I have to say, I haven't done it. And then they say, I'm not shouting at you. And I go, <laughs> You are, yeah, 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 you yeah. are, I need you to stop shouting. Yeah. yeah. And or I take myself away. Yeah. That's yeah. the only way I can do yeah. it. And then when I come down, and that's what I have in my poem. Yeah. That's and that's right. like the hyperarousal that we do suffer from, like with the PTSD from abuse. Um, I have constantly got an ear open for shouting and children screaming. Mm. And I literally, when I hear that, I'm looking around and I watch and I see what's going on. And it could just be a child having a tantrum. But once I've seen it, it's just a tantrum and it's a mum doing her best, a dad doing his best. I'm like, OK, I can breathe now. But like, I was in like West Wickham High Street, right, a couple of years mm. ago. And I literally saw this woman smack this kid so hard oh. across the back of the legs. You know, the poor child couldn't walk. His mum's got hold of it, dragging it, smacking it. And I've gone over and I've literally said, what the hell do you think you're doing? Mm. Yeah. Because I was so incensed. Yeah. I'm just like, I can't believe that people are still doing this. No. Because if they can do that in the open, what are they doing What at are home? they doing behind closed Absolutely. doors? So we got through a lot of passion there. So we are coming up to the end. It's 30 minutes because that 30 minutes goes so quickly. As normal, we'd like you to like our podcast. When you're listening to this, this will be on lots of different um, platforms. platforms. So whatever platform you're using, please like, subscribe leave a comment if you have any questions you can contact both of us again um you'll either have the email underneath or go to the podcast website and click on and you can contact us Absolutely. so your last thoughts for today chris um, <laughs> i want to say i'm not a violent person i'm not <laughs> what we've gone through okay has shaped us and it's given us um emotions and feelings that we need to deal with because that was shut down and silenced as a child and as as an adolescent and you know in a normal loving nurturing caring environment you are given space mm. to express mm. to learn and to grow that was all shut down so all those normal parameters were trashed for victims and survivors of childhood abuse yeah so we're learning 
as adults and giving the space to our inner child to express how they're thinking and how they're feeling in a safe space, which is that therapeutic space. So I just wanted to summarise that again. Yeah, no, and that's lovely. And I love that, you know, the wordings that you use and talking about you in a, in a child. If I'm triggered, the first thing I do now, I actually go to my inner child and think, what is it that this is mirroring from when I was growing up? And that's when I can find the way to reassure my younger self, put myself into the reality of where I am today as an adult and move on from there. Yeah, lovely. So thank you for joining us again. If we've brought up anything for you, please remember your grounding techniques and maybe check out our vlog or our podcast on grounding techniques that we did right at the beginning, didn't we? Yes. So yes. please keep yourself safe and please keep this conversation alive and well. Yeah, we need to keep it rolling. And that's goodbye from us. Lovely to speak to you. Bye, Bye. everyone.